0: They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Wow, we're back again. Yep, <laughs> we're taking it away. I love it. Where are we taking it? I don't know, but let's go take it on the road, and I've got a road out there we can do it on. But um, Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I feel like a vaudeville act today. I don't know why. Maybe it's just my state of mind of the way the week has been going. So, obviously, here we are. Um, our subject matter, of course, is Aphrodite, but we are doing our check-in. And I always love doing this to Phoenix because I, I kind of jump the gun and I go, So, how was your week? And she either has something really, you know, like something to say of a, a babble, or she'll look at me, kind of going, "Huh? I'm sure. <laughs> I never remember how my week was. Your week comes and goes.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I." Uh in one of my traditions, anytime we have a meeting or whatever, we start with a check-in and it's like, uh-huh. you know, where, what's going on? How are you right now? And I always can't think of what to say. Like, how am I right now? I, <laughs> I'm just very present, and so, because I'm so present, <laughs> I can't remember anything in my life. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's actually been a very normal week. There's not much to report. There you go. Yeah, I, I tried to take a day off yesterday, Uh but that didn't work out. Uh (laughs) Well, I
1: know you tried to take a day off on Saturday, and that didn't
2: work out. No, no, I've been trying to take days off for a while now, and it's just not working out for me, (laughs) so I might just have to, like, I talked to one of the employees at Milk and Honey, and she said, you're just going to have to go away. That's the only way you can actually have a day off, is if you're not in range. Right. (laughs) Or you just literally
1: turn your phone off, and you're away by virtue of that.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and Thursday was because I forgot I needed to take care of something, and Thursday was absolutely the last day it could be taken care of. Right. You know, things like that. I know. I... Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, t- there's two weeks left of school mm-hmm. uh, for my child, and that's tripping me out because normally – I always go to witch camp in the summer. Uh uh Normally it's like, oh, school's out. It's time for witch camp. Those (laughs) two things totally feel like they coincide, and it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like school could possibly be over already. It doesn't Uh feel like witch camp's not that far away. None of Uh these things feel real. Uh, Timing has been off for me all year. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that
1: is also to do, I mean, honestly, with – what has happened up here? Mm-hmm. You know, with the fires yeah. and, the, and the and the things that displacement of people and, and the weather has been off. And the
2: weather has been off in the the spring. Uh, you know, I've i lived in the house I'm in now for eight years, I think, maybe a little bit longer than that. I know the cycle. Mm-hmm. I know when things come into bloom, mm-hmm. and they didn't do that on their schedule this year. They were right. all delayed, right. so it it feels off. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but but besides that, I'm great. (laughs) How are you, (laughs) Elara? Besides global warming and everything being wrong, right? In the world, in the world.
1: How are you? Let me think. Well, it isn't that difficult. I decided. I had a really nice Mother's Day. I was able to go out with a friend locally here and where I live, and we had a really nice, you know, meal and, you know, got to share some stuff because we're kind of getting to know each other. And then I met another friend later in the day for coffee who's the mother of a very, very dear friend of my daughter's since, you know, elementary school. And, um, So we had coffee and chatted, and then I came home and got to FaceTime my daughter and have that little experience of motherly, you know, things and all the rest of it. And then I started working on a uh, vision board, which I've completed and it's sitting over here by the side. But, you know, I had to put stuff back that I had used, the things that were no longer. She's going to notice a lot of her cards from her store, (laughs) which I obviously got. At the store.
2: There's a few images. Yes, there
1: are. The and I went to put the bag up, one of the bags, and I had a st- two-step stool ladder, and it was, you know, I got on it, and I've got my leg up and one leg up, and then I didn't. The bag was heavier, and I was trying to lift it, and instead of lifting it, it went backwards, and I went backwards. <laughs> so I basically the knee locked. In the opposite didn't break, but the knee locked. And so, obviously, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Very concerned. And, and my friend who, you know, I have a, a roomie, and, and he came bouncing out when I said, you know, and we looked at it. And, I mean, you know, he said, doesn't look broken, checked it. And, yeah. You know, I'm like, ah, hyperventilating. Right. And, you know, scared because not only... Does this impair my ability to walk, et cetera? I will be, you know, going off in a month and almost half right. to Arkansas, flying in a plane. Right. This is, you know, so I'm like panicking. So I did all the things I was supposed to do. Had a terrible night's sleep because obviously not only was it oh. pain, but I was scared, and wound up going um, the next on Monday, calling in and not going to work. Luckily, Mojo, and uh, which was a funny thing about how that day worked out but i got to the chiropractor and he checked it and gave me an adjustment and looked at it and you know he didn't say anything broken my very dear friend who also is an rn nurse eventually i contacted her she came with extra ice packs and a cane (laughs) i had a walking stick that is a Beautiful wood walking stick, but it was my first husband's, and huh. he was six foot. So there one, is, it's not a cane. It's not. It's not able to do much of anything. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's not to help you walk just around normal life. <laughs> no. So I did. Got all of these things set up because I thought, well, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be. And she checked it, and she says, no, no, it's very bruised. Okay. So I gave myself another day, but all of Monday I was booked solid. Mm-hmm. So they kept telling people to call on my, my business phone. And so I was doing that with my leg up, you know, and all the rest of it. And that was the way I was for two days because I didn't right. go in and was booked solid for two days. Went to work on Wednesday and then was able to literally walk around. And I did not I had my cane, but I actually didn't use it. I was doing pretty good. It was sort of like a... So I've been slowly working the process, continuing the icing and, you know, all the rest of it. And I happen to have a, um, there's a machine that my chiropractor let me use that helps stimulate the, the growth, you know, the cellular healing process. And so I've been using that and actually finally got to walk the dogs. They were like, "That's
2: good!" Oh my God, Mom, can you walk us?
1: <laughs> so, you know. It seems to be better. It's still got, you know. I mean, I've still got to be sure I don't, you know, climb ladders and yeah. do stuff Take like that. Take it easy. Take it easy. And uh, so, yeah, my week has been very concerned with my physical well-being. And interesting enough, it was. I kept Louise Hayes in her book. I looked it up and you know, joints or flexibility and, you know, things of, you know, moving forward and all that. But mm-hmm. knees is ego and pride. Interesting. And I kept going, ego and pride, ego and pride. How? You know, because I do have an ego, obviously, and I'm proud of the
2: things Everybody I do. does, yes. But I'm like going,
1: is it is it diseased? Is it a problem? You know, and I came up with the fact that, in actuality, I do because what it is is that my ego won't ask for help, hmm. and my pride of being able to do things all by myself. Yeah, yeah. And those were the things shook you up a little bit, compromised my whole point of reference, and you know, uh, kind of I had to ask to be taken to the chiropractor I yeah. had to asked, you, you know needed assistance. I needed assistance. Yeah. And you know, the problem is when you live in a in an area where you have got a bunch of older people mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting where you your mindset goes. Right. Of being old et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so there we are. Well, I'm glad you're all right. Yes, I am much better and, you know, I feel confident that um things will get better. I'll be able to get on a plane and take my luggage and do those, you know,
2: incredibly intelligent things that travelers have to do these days. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's not fun to travel when you're not feeling 100%. I know. No. And
1: on that. On that. We have Aphrodite. Not that a, I can think of a great a segue. Smooth
2: transition. Yeah, well, not really. You know what's sexy when you have a broken leg? What? A cast super sexy, and then you can draw and write on it.
1: That makes me think
2: of Aphrodite. Does that? See? It worked. It It worked. It worked. Okay. I I,
1: apologize. It's all right. (laughs) It was a lame, lame situation, but there is no real sexy way to go from an icky knee to really no. Aphrodite. It's true. So we'll just go there now. (laughs) Okay, Aphrodite. She's a Greek goddess of love but of love and and dot 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 yes many things that we are going to talk
2: about yeah so i'm going to let you jump in oh okay all right so whenever we do shows on gods or goddesses i have like a a soapbox of things i feel is important to say so let's start there on my soapbox that sounds good i like (laughs) it because i love it so we're going to talk about aphrodite And we're talking about Aphrodite and Greek culture as if it's one thing. Uh It isn't, Uh right? So it's really hard for us as modern pagans to fully grasp and grok all of these concepts because our cultural lens is what it is. Uh And when we think of Greece, we think of the country of Greece Uh as it is right now. Uh That's not what it would have been like. Uh In the time that Aphrodite was born, that's not what it would have been like in the time Aphrodite was heavily worshipped, Uh and for each town and each village and each part of the countryside, she was worshipped differently, she had different names, Uh she had different epithets, she ruled different things, and so we have to keep all of that complexity in mind Uh when we try to minimize her to Aphrodite, the sexy naked goddess of (laughs) love, It's much more complex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking off my sweater. It's getting hot. Well, that's good because we were actually freezing in here. Aphrodite gets me all hot and I popcorn. know. I know. Please, we're going to get, you know, a little bit changed here. Yeah. So <gasps> okay. that's my soapbox. It's, you know, we're going to talk about all of these things as if it's one subject, but it's actually lots of different things that mm-hmm. have been all squished together mm-hmm. to make a conglomerate of Aphrodite <laughs> Aphroditeisms. Yes, but it's much more complicated than that And I think, you know, I think we as modern people do a disservice to the gods When we just try to make them so one note and simple Right, they're much more complicated than that And because back when these were happening,
1: first of all, we didn't have the internet We didn't have mass transit We didn't have all kinds of things that made everything one And every little location Was their own city state They were just That was who and what they were Which You know Taken through the centuries Going into feudal kingdoms Etc All of this was Part of Small uh, Sections of the world Having certain things And Gods and goddesses Were just that Certain parts of their world Were just them Right Right So I find that With Aphrodite (laughs) There are and and it's it's going to be kind of hard here because we have Aphrodite Mm -hmm. and then we have Venus and Aphrodite is Greek and Venus is Roman. But we get into the from the little city states in Greece, the (laughs) islands that were specifically had their Aphrodite. Then what we get into is the country and then we have Rome and Roman the the Roman civilization taking over the world so right. to speak as they Literally. do it, yeah. And taking on these different gods and goddesses and Aphrodite became Venus. So there is a bit of a the gray area that may we may wind up flowing in a little bit, but we'll try to yeah. stay specifically with Aphrodite. And she did come from another series of goddesses yeah. Yeah. of other cultures that had been even before the Greeks,
2: yeah, it is. It is likely that Aphrodite comes more from the Middle East, uh-huh. and there is connection to Ishtar, and then there is an ancient Palestinian goddess called Ashtart, uh-huh. and it's likely there is uh, some threads of connection between right. the Greek Aphrodite, the Roman Venus, uh-huh. uh, Ishtar, Ashtart, and um, and more. And you know, more. we can't actually you know know for sure that. This is an this is an ancient goddess who ruled a lot more than just sexuality and love, mm-hmm. uh, and has sort of been pigeonholed into this one aspect, right? And
1: it's because she's female, mm-hmm. and because of her sexual femaleness, it's that it comes into. Where they want to put her, right? So some of the goddesses that they people encountered when they were con, then when they were congealing into larger groups um, became moms, and the others became sex objects, right? And then you know down the way we had the crone and the death. What's know?
2: interesting though is she's, you know, she is the sex. Object. That was mm-hmm. that was the word that almost escaped my brain. She is a, was a is the sex object. <laughs> no offense, my lady. Um, but she's also not a slut. No, right. This is a sex positive, like yes. woman. You rule your body and you screw whoever you want to screw and don't worry about the consequences. Well, right. worry about the consequences, but don't worry about being judged for exactly. it. Exactly. This is a very sex positive goddess, and I think. Um, I don't want to minimize that either, you know, because she does sort of get this tart reputation. And in many of the tales, and again, we have to remember that most of the Greek stories that have been written down have been written down through a patriarchal lens. Right. This is not where their origins likely were. Correct. And she's often portrayed as being kind of shallow, being a little bit uh, impatient, being a, it could be a little bit cruel, mm-hmm. but that's how the Greek gods are. I mean, male or female, yeah. whatever they kind of had their yeah. Room. They all have flaws. They all have realness. They're not perfect, mm-hmm. enlightened beings. Mm-hmm. They're they're imperfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of
1: actually, one of the things, and it, it's there's some interesting things because obviously to try and do a linear structure of she came from here, we have this energy and here. We may not make it that way, but then I don't think our shows usually have such a linear nature anyway. No,
2: no, we're all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, we are.
1: Good luck keeping up, listeners. Good luck. But (laughs) I found it interesting that it was, you know, that Cypress was really like the focal place of her. Yeah. And uh, the dynamics of that were, I just went, wow, Cypress, that's interesting. Because, you know, we don't, Really think of Cyprus as Greece, yeah,
2: oh yeah, and yeah, it is part of it now, right, and I think that's an interesting part of it too, is if you look at some of these ancient Greek stories, not just about Aphrodite, but about many of the other gods, mm-hmm. some of these islands, like Cyprus and Crete, have old origin, mm-hmm. old goddess stories, mm-hmm. old information that makes it to the mainland at one time or another, but some of those stories, the story of, of the Minotaur and the labyrinth from Crete is a whole thing uh-huh. that is much deeper and older than we give it credit for. Right. And I think looking at a goddess like Aphrodite who comes from the island,
1: uh-huh. there
2: is something more there to explore uh-huh. if you feel interested in learning more about her. Right. Right. And of course, you know, the the... the
1: <laughs> The birth story is really exciting, you yeah. know i mean she she obviously comes from it's sort of an interesting thing. Hi, I come from the great father's castrated uh, body part right you know right so well, say, tell the story oh tell a story tell a story for the kids oh wow well, it's a story. I have to find the story first um, basically, you have. Kronos yeah. which is, you know, the head of the Titans. And the kids decided they didn't like him, so they decided to kill him. Yeah. And part of it was castrating him. And so they threw the parts out, and the, the penis was thrown into the ocean. And as it did, it ejaculated, which presented the foam. Yep. And out of the foam came this beautiful woman riding on a scallop shell, naked, you know and she kind of came forward and you know it some said it was a red foam you know like the 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 color of the foam and the ejaculation was red and mm. you know so there's different versions of the ejaculation i was fascinated more by the fact that she is a sexual goddess of the of the feminine energy coming from of course the male
2: penis right Right, there is no mother here. Because even, this isn't spoken to clearly in the stories, but even Mm -hmm. if you look at the energy of the ocean, Mm -hmm. the ocean is ruled by Poseidon, who Mm -hmm. is a god, who is Mm -hmm. a male energetic. Right. So you have the genitals of a male god thrown into the realm of a male god, and from that the most beautiful, alluring, and sexual woman is born.
1: Which, if you want to speak to the consciousness of that culture, that was what the I'm going to get a little patriarchal, matriarchal thingy, Um, is that she, the female being gorgeous and beautiful comes out of the male for the sake of the male and is Just there to connecting. be adored and, and utilized right. by the male. Right. Rather than she was basically a very powerful female goddess that was... Brought forth from the waters of the womb of the great mother where we didn't have a male ruler and she came forward from that. And out of that she was, you know, moved forward as the female energy embodied in this beautiful woman which had control over her body and
2: her sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I find really interesting is she she's connected to war because supposedly Mars is one of her Mars or Ares Aries is one of her favorite lovers, and he's the god of war. Right. But there's actually evidence that a much older version of Aphrodite, so again, like in the Middle East from Syria uh-huh. and, and places in that area, she was a warrior goddess. Uh-huh. And in fact, in Sparta, Aphrodite was worshipped quite widely, and they are a very Mid, mid, no, that's not the right Matriarchal? word. Matriarchal? No, militant. Militant. They are very. They're focused very much on war and right. battle and fighting. Right. In fact, Spartans raised their girls to be warriors. Mm-hmm. Everyone was raised to fight. Everyone. What does this fight. sound like? Israel. Right. Every every, every girl. Everyone serves. Served, Yeah. Everyone serves. Talking about this with my partner earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, you know, many of the, some of the ancient images of Aphrodite from the Middle Mm -hmm. East, she's in military attire. Right. Dressed for battle. And in one of the other, um, in Corinth, one of the other areas where there's pretty clear worship of her, Mm -hmm. she was adopted as the patroness of the city. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, Corinth, I believe, is in Sparta, right? Yeah. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Geography is not my strong suit. (laughs) <laughs> but the it's war. more than just, you know, the the, the nice little explanation is uh-huh. Ares is the god of war, and what's the opposite of war? Love, and Aphrodite is the goddess of love, and right. so they hold the polarity. Right. And I think that's shite, personally. I don't like it.
1: Well, and It and
2: does fit into a nice little package. And then they throw the fact that she
1: in... <laughs> and see, that in itself, but she, he, he, she's married to Hephaestus. Right. Which she's not happy about. Which she's not happy about, and so then she, you know, in the traditional cuckolds him. Yeah. You know, everywhere she turns. Of course, I happen to like how Hephaestus kind of got back at her and Ares with the silver net that he he basically fashioned, and in their naked lovemaking, it basically entrapped them. And the entire pantheon of the Greek gods and goddesses saw them in their nakedness, sexually engaged, and they couldn't get out of it. So they were kind of like made the laughing stock of the the group. So in one way, if you look at even the thought of that, take it to a bigger point, is that, you know, when you do things that are out of, I don't want to say, Structured norms, but out of the uh, guideline mm-hmm. of your society. Yeah. And you're caught. Yeah. You know, the sense is you're humiliated and you are lessened. Right. Which, you know, maybe yeah. some of our present people out
2: there should take into note. Yeah. What's interesting to me as well is she's. She's not. We have the the Titans, right? This is Uh the other thing I always like to talk about with the Greeks. We have the Titans, and the Titans are. The old gods—they're—they right. are the forces of nature, right? <laughs> right, and Zeus is born of the old gods. But uh-huh. so what Zeus and the Olympians actually represent is the tide of patriarchy that comes into Greece. Uh-huh. Before the Olympians, the gods that were worshipped by people were the forces of nature, <clears throat> right? Zeus comes in and it which starts to shift to a much more patriarchal system, which mm-hmm. which is something you see happen all over the globe at different times in our evolution as mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. but the Olympians were all equals, the Olympians were like the siblings of the monarchy right 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 right, and Aphrodite is one of those she's one of the olympians, she's not one of zeus's kids, she's not one a demigod, she's one of the big cheese right but Zeus is worried. But she's too beautiful mm-hmm. and i have feelings about Zeus i won't get into right now but what a what a piece of work we'll have to go to him we're going to do
1: one of, we you we're know we do god so. we will mind as well i think we've got We to- have a Zeus show scheduled yeah,
2: i'll try to do? behave myself
1: but- <laughs>
2: You know, he's worried that she's so beautiful and so alluring that she's going to cause fights because men and gods are going to clamor to try and okay. get her hand in marriage uh-huh. or whatever. So he forces her to marry Hephaestus, who is right. the blacksmith of the Olympian pantheon, right? Uh-huh. But Hephaestus is also um, lame, is the yes. word used. Crippled. Yes. yes, lame. Yes, yeah. lame. So he is, he is, um, not, he's not Ares. This uh-huh. fighting warrior, manly man, macho man, rippling muscles. <laughs> you know, he's he's a working man, right? But he's not Aries, right? And she doesn't like him, uh-huh. and she's very upset to uh-huh. be married off to him, and so she makes her unhappiness known. And it's and she doesn't try to hide the fact that she sleeps with other men. No. She just does whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in in truth, it it's it's
1: again, it's like trying to. Harness the feminine energy, yeah in the form of this goddess, yeah, and then what it does is it breaks out and does its own thing,
2: she does her own thing, and then there are these repercussions that right take place what's and interesting as well is her face was so stoked. Like, all right, that he makes her this beautiful girdle, the girdle mm-hmm. of Aphrodite, which mm-hmm. is one of the magical tools of ancient Greece, the mm-hmm. girdle of Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. And it is made of gold and it has all this magic woven into mm-hmm. it. It's this amazing thing. And when she wears it, it makes her even more irresistible. It actually works against him mm-hmm. to create this magical tool for her that she doesn't actually need. But right. But now she has it. Um so now she wears a girdle, and mm-hmm. and all creatures fall at her feet right yeah right so it's
1: it's one of those things where she is a powerful goddess, yes, in her own right, but that power it's like the the process is that you can be petty and small and negative, or you can utilize it for a higher, better purpose. Either way, it's just there, but you need to... And, you know, when somebody gets angry and they do something because they're angry, so they start doing stupid stuff, and then, you know, after their anger is kind of downplayed, they go, oh, my goodness, I didn't mean to get so angry and say those terrible things about my husband to him or or my girl or whatever. And that's when, truthfully we get them as clients. <laughs> yes, so this is true. But it's because you you're, uh, you don't use discrimination. Yeah, right? And she's a goddess that chooses what she wants to do when she wants to do it, and she doesn't really care about the consequences. No, and she doesn't have to. And she doesn't have to, but then, you know. Yeah. So, um... What else would we like to
2: discuss about this wonderful We process? should probably take a break. Oh, fast. yeah, that's right. We're and okay. then I have, uh, we you know, can talk more about some of her her names and origins, and then I have some cool, like, ritual things. Ooh. Um, okay. Anyway, we'll be back. Okay.
0: <laughs> You're listening to The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay Friday, 6 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
1: Well, oh, refreshing. <laughs> I feel refreshed. One of the things I do want to mention is just some of the things that we might want to say about different. Um, Things that are part of her uh, worship in terms of like the dove. The yeah. dove is a big is a big one there, and yeah. you know in terms of the the symbol or the the process as well as um, frog and swan. I love the fact that her chariot is pulled by
2: swans. I mm-hmm. think that's, you that's the- true of Apollo, it too, isn't it? Apollo's connected to swans, too? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. But I find that this is so non, but but um. I w- I've been watching this television show. We talk about TV a lot. I realize, but it's called The Supersizers Go, and it is a show, a British television show where they they reenact a different time period, mostly to learn about the food. Right. It's Amazing. Right. But I had no idea how much ancient cultures ate swan. 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 Swan, swan and peacocks were eaten a lot in ancient. Ooh. Um, yeah. Don't yeah.
1: know. Maybe they're. They're not gamey gamey like I don't know I don't know
2: I don't know But if you're a worshiper of Aphrodite Maybe you want to try it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you can buy swan And please avoid going out and this? killing the yes. cute swans in the pond Yeah please don't do that We're not endorsing any any swan murder But you know It would be interesting Yeah Yeah <laughs> That's, That is a non sequitur if ever there was one <laughs> Mm-hmm Mm-hmm Yes, and of
1: course dolphin because yeah. of the water. The one I love is bee, yes. the swarming kind. Yeah, and that's because of um, her connection with, um, and it's interesting. Now I'm going to have to do the Greek, ophi, mm-hmm. which are the souls. Yes, and right. the souls in terms of that, and so um, it was
2: symbolic of the the spiritual mm-hmm. gathering. Of the soul interesting there's you know there we modern pagans like to go well, this goddess is just like this goddess, so mm-hmm. they 're like the same, and I am not one of those people i 'm actually very anti doing that, however, <laughs> people often say, "Oh, Aphrodite is like Freya, mm-hmm. that is like Hathor mm-hmm. what 's interesting is both or all three of those goddesses Hathor, Aphrodite, and Freya, all have a connection to bees right fascinating, and you know so of course if you're going to, I don't want
1: to go out and say capture a bee, but um, the honeycomb Mm -hmm. is also something you might want to consider using Mm -hmm. in magic, which we'll talk a little bit. Or giving
2: as offerings. Or Mm -hmm. giving as
1: offerings. Mm -hmm. So. Another
2: thing I found really interesting, I know a lot of bee people. mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of of, uh, pagans, especially in the reclaiming tradition, that are super into bees, Mm -hmm. bee priestesses and whatnot. And I have, um, there are these, boxes, you know, like a good-sized box, like a salad-plate-sized box, mm-hmm. shaped like a honeycomb, that, that pattern. Oh. And I have seen many priestesses use this shaped box for, mm-hmm. for holding magical workings, mm-hmm. for putting in wishes or goals or desires or things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and giving them to the hives. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So if you are a bee person or you're looking to work with that energy with Aphrodite, you might consider getting one of those Honeycomb shaped boxes, yes, it's kind of fun, yes, yes,
1: and um obviously, I was <laughs> we will post uh on Facebook our uh, altar to to um Aphrodite, but I was out trying to find in my backyard the things that I could use, and of course, I found roses, which is yeah. another one of roses is a big one. big one with yeah. her yeah and myrtle and myrtle, and uh apple and pomegranate are for mm-hmm. her fruits, which is. You know, when you talk about the pomegranate, this is where the symbol of her being life and death, Yeah, yeah. you know, because of the circumstances. But uh, I was fascinated that I wound up with, you know, these different things that I didn't think,
2: like pomegranate, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, the number four is also sacred to her. I'm not 100% sure about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oshun who is a goddess of the African diaspora. I'm pretty sure her sacred number is 4 as well and she's sort of the a similar vibe to Aphrodite in the African diaspora. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. interesting that that number 4. Awesome. 4. Yeah. Yeah, her, her day of celebration is often the 4th day of the month. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in the in the ancient calendar that was um during the Hecatombeon month Whatever the heck that was Okay. Now it's somewhere between July and August Okay. On the modern calendar But that is also The uh, Aphrodisia festival right. Which is a specific celebration of Aphrodite And it has a lot to do with her and Adonis And their relationship
1: Which we might want to go ahead and throw in because we also, you know, in terms of her, um, we know Mars and Aries, you know, Mars, Aries, and her, and Hephaestus. But Adonis was, um, she wanted to hide Adonis from Hephaestus, and so she stuck him in a box and asked Persephone to hide it. (laughs) down in the underworld. Unfortunately, Persephone opened the box and fell in love with Adonis, of course. Of course, Adonis, all the (laughs) goddesses worshipping him. And so they began, (laughs) she wouldn't give Adonis back to Aphrodite, and so there was this kind of war starting. Okay, I
2: have never heard this story before. Really? Yeah, keep going. I love it.
1: Okay, and Zeus
2: decided he'd step
1: in, as always. Always. You know, and he decided what he was going to do is they had to make a deal. They had to bargain here. They would take one-third of the year would be with um, Persephone. Yeah. Yeah. And one third with, um, and I have to get this right because I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving correct information. But one third was going to be with Persephone, one third with Aphrodite, and one third was on his own. Right. And he was basically likened unto a vegetation god and the stag and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But it was fascinating that that was how they decided he decided it you get one third, one third and one third. Right. But one third actually gets given to himself. Right. Which, you know, Persephone didn't get. <laughs> no. <laughs> well I mean she true. got half of the year down in the in the underworld and yeah. half of the year up with mom and, and yeah. the rest of the stuff. She is queen of the underworld. Oh that's maybe. true. No. Adonis wasn't, but okay. Adonis was just a dude. He was just a dude. dude. So, but that was really interesting, and I'm like going... I, I can't believe I've never heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I was kind of struck by it. I'm like, I like that. okay, well, at least he gave one-third, one-third, and one-third he was thin. And then they kind of went ahead and did that. So we got Adonis out of the way.
2: Right. We got Adonis. Got him
1: out of the way. But, um, and it's, it's interesting because... I was also sitting here and you know, different symbols, um, like the comb and the thread mm-hmm. are are very much a part of her um the things that you can use. Like the thread was Ariadne mm-hmm. and the labyrinth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have, you know, the comb, her hair. Yep. So there's also another ocean symbol. Exactly. 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 But her um Companions, as they put oh, yes. it, oh yeah. were the Graces, right? Her, her girls, her girls, where yeah. my ladies at? Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm not even going to try to even say half of the names, but um, of the Graces, of the Graces. Yeah. Uh, but the one stood for brilliant, brilliance. Yeah. One stood for flowering, and the other one stood for heart's joy. Mm.
2: Which I thought was kind of nice. We have a statue of the Graces at Milk and Honey, and it's very beautiful. Yes, it is. It's a very, it's a very well-known one yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah it's a replica yeah. of a, famous uh, one. a very well-known so yeah
1: but um yeah. yeah so she and copper copper was one of her was the a major uh was her metal because in cyprus it was the copper mines. Mm. so i kind of leave that as a offering to
2: anyone that wants copper like you know hey let's go get copper and for Aphrodite, I like also she was hooked up with Aeneas. Oh yes, and I I like the beginning. So that one of the sites that I researched some of her stories mm-hmm. they they begin it like this: Another time, Zeus punished Aphrodite for beguiling her fellow gods into inappropriate romances. <laughs> so basically, Zeus is annoyed with her shenanigans. Right. So he uses his Zeusy powers uh-huh. to cause her to become infatuated with a mortal, and that mortal uh, is. And she sees... Okay. Uh, Apologies, because I know I'm slaughtering that. And then she mothers Aeneas. Right. Who supposedly is the first of the Roman emperors.
1: Well, they had to do something to get the Romans in there somewhere along the line. Yeah, those darn Romans. You know, and... uh, Always
2: trying to take over. Take over. Got to be involved in everything. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, what other wonderful
1: things can we can we do here and talk about? You were going to do, um, so we got some of the uh, things that we can use for her, the the uh,
2: ceremonies, the rituals. Yeah, yeah. And before we do that real quick, I also wanted to just name, you know, we talk about the epithets, right? Right. In the Greek system. Mm-hmm. It's not just Aphrodite, but it's Aphrodite da-da-da-da-da, right? Right. And so they have all these, these epithets. So some of hers, and again, you're going to get to hear me, murder some greek words here how <laughs> exciting is that uh aphrodite pandemos which is the aphrodite of the people right right uh aphrodite urania uh-huh. um, the transcendent principles uh-huh. uh aphrodite attica the aphrodite of that region of greece
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, and then we have these others that are also cult names so acidalia Ceceria and Sarago, right? These are different regions of Greece where she was worshipped. Mm-hmm. And then we already said Cyprus, Lady of Cyprus, and Lady of Cytheria. Uh, so she was known as Aphrodite, Cytheria, and Aphrodite, Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two places it is debated whether she was born in Cyprus or Cytheria. It could be either. Right. So there we have some, some of her. Um, and there are more than that. That's just like... A, a tiny little sampling. And with all the Greek gods I like to put out there, you know, because the point of talking about Aphrodite today is not to have anyone listening to the show walk away as an Aphrodite expert, right? Because no. But Mm-mm. what what it, the goal is that maybe you learn about this goddess a little bit more than you might have known before and you might go, "Hey, I'd like to know more about her. Maybe I'd like to set up a shrine or maybe I'd like to read more and see if if she's going to be my friend, right? So by talking about the epithets, the goal is the more research you do Mm -hmm. into Aphrodite, you might find a specific epithet, a specific face of Aphrodite that actually really fits for you, right? right? Because it's a wide range. It's... Aphrodite of beauty, Aphrodite of making love, Aphrodite of of happiness, Aphrodite of war, Aphrodite of battle. So you have all these options, right? All in the guise of Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. So explore that. Mm -hmm. Go Mm -hmm. forth and and make shit up. And
1: make shit up. There you go. Well, I want to say one thing is that basically her cult occupied a main temple in Jerusalem Mm. up to 70 A.D. and then it was turned over, changed only to Marie. Mm. Marie Stella Marie. Oh. So she beca She basically was transitioned. They couldn't get her anywhere right, right. out, so they transitioned her into that, and basically, uh, it became transition to the, mm. the Christian. The only one they had, the only female they had, was you know Mary. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting, and of course. Um, Uh, Stella Maria is another one of the ways or, you know, the Mare Stella, the one of the ocean. Right. Stella Mara. Stella Mara. She uh, becomes part of that. Yeah. You know, as you go on. So it's like she didn't quietly seep off into the night. They just had to figure a way out to
2: go down the road. Right. Right. So... Well, if you don't mind, I would like to read the Homeric hymn. Oh, good. All right, ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> <laughs> I will sing of stately Aphrodite, gold-crowned and beautiful, whose dominion spans from the heart of Cyprus to the hearts of all men. There in Cyprus, the moist breath of the western wind wafted over her the waves of the loud moaning sea and soft foam, and there she was greeted upon by the shore, by nymphs and dryads. They clothed her with heavenly garments, on her head they put a fine, well-wrought crown of gold, and in her pierced ears they hung ornaments of diamonds and precious gold, and adorned her with gold necklaces over her soft neck and snow-white breast. Jewels which the nymphs and dryads wear themselves whenever they go to their father's house to join the lovely dances of the gods. And when they had fully decked her, they brought her to the gods who welcomed her when they saw her, giving her their hands. Each one of them prayed that he might lead her home to be his wedded wife. So greatly were they amazed at the beauty of the violet-crowned Aphrodite. Hail, sweetly winning, coy-eyed goddess. Of Aphrodite, born in Cyprus, I will sing. She gives kindly gifts to men, smiles ever on her lovely face, and lovely is the brightness that plays over it. Mm-hmm.
1: Very nice. That's Homer. Well, at least they still had wonderful things in, in <laughs> speaking of her, yeah. you know, in terms of that. she was, she. was Her priestesses were very... Um, they were honored. They were the ones that, that taught the sexuality. Yeah. Right. So I think that when I think of this person, and I think of her as a person, maybe I should think of her as a goddess, a deity, but I, I kind of get more like she's someone that you talk with about that part of your life. Right, right. You know, and, yeah. um, but it's, as I keep saying, please, please, she's amoral. Right. You do not want to try and get her to work on your lover to be faithful. Right. Not the one.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um but I, I really and she's got a, a it's interesting, they have different shows that they have used her character in. Yeah. You know, whether it's um uh, Clash of the Titans, or whoever it is, you know yeah. somebody that they always put her in, you know, blonde curls, and 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 I don't know if they had blonde blondes in the in the the Greek
2: times there. I don't know. But I always thought they were more, you know, darker right. haired. And, well, because the imagery that we most often see is from the Renaissance. Right, right. That's what, that's that classic painting of Venus, right, right, being out on there with her her the tresses over her, and she's got very like. Blonde, strawberry ish mm-hmm. colored hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I was. And she's pale. She's pale. pale.
1: She wouldn't have been. No, she wouldn't have been. <laughs> um, the Mediterranean, they're not quite that dark. No, beautiful. and especially if she originated in the Middle East, she would have been quite dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, they kind of lightened it down the road. But that's what we have to look at is the portrayals of what we see as society moves. Through its growth, right, and the art and the artists and their renditions, it's probably why I like the statues i mean marble statues they're yeah. they're yeah they're white or they're yeah, they have color, but they're statues they're not they they don't go into well some of them get painted, but i mean they they they're different they're a different feel, yeah,
2: but yeah. You know. Yeah, and one of the things to know, and this is, you know, mostly Greek revival, so Mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily, we can't know for sure how the Greeks did a lot of their worship. Right. But a lot of Greek ritual begins with a cleansing ceremony, and often that's Mm -hmm. hand washing. Mm hmm With Aphrodite, you would use, you know, blessed water with rose petals in it, for Mm -hmm. example, right? Rose is Mm -hmm. her -hmm. big Mm -hmm. thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you do whatever process you want to create sacred space, and, you know, there's definitely some Hellenic traditional uh, reconstruction ways Uh of doing it that's Uh that's easily findable. Right. Uh, But then often there is a sacrifice made in Hellenic rituals that you give a sacrifice to the goddess. And this, you know, typically modern pagans, we sacrifice food or a cake or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and that's fine, but sacrifice should hurt a little bit, so it, you know, it's not that you need to cut yourself, I don't mean that, <laughs> but you want to give her something that isn't just easy for you to give. Right, right. Uh, and then there is a process of pouring libations. The Greeks love wine, mm-hmm. their gods love wine, mm-hmm. so when you offer a libation, you know you're, you're you want to pour wine, so right. that's you know, not a problem because of, of, of whatever is going yeah. on. Yeah, if there's That's, addiction issues for you, then choose something else. But again, keep in mind in the cultural context, the ancient Greeks weren't drinking water. Most most of our ancestors weren't drinking water because water was dirty. They didn't make you yeah, sick. And you made them
1: sick. Okay. So it does, it does have a reason yeah. behind that. Um, and it's interesting when you think about... The libations, the offerings. Um, one of the things they made a point of, at least in some of, in a lot of the readings I've done, is that hers was a bloodless sacrifice. Yeah, because it may be something that you give up for with a little bit of discomfort, but you're not killing animals or humans or anything. Yeah. That she's a goddess of love, you're not gonna do that right wrong thing to to play with, so yeah, but um and and you know blessing rituals of blessing your genitals and mm-hmm. blessing your sexuality, these are things you can do now in a more modern version of what it is that she is part of, right. Uh, we definitely will be doing a show next week on yeah. love, love, magic. love magic, so this is just a preliminary like taste of what we're <laughs> going to be. yeah, we'll talk about nothing but love stuff. oh my goodness, it's gonna be I'm gonna be a wash in here with, with <laughs> feminine progesterone <laughs> and estrogen. <laughs> Um, anyway,
2: so on so, that note, are we done? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> we got a few more minutes. We can we can throw <laughs> some more stuff at everybody.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think the hardest thing I kept finding when I was doing research was it was Aphrodite Venus, Aphrodite Venus, yeah. Aphrodite Venus, and I'm like going, no. Right. Yeah, you know, I know there are other other goddesses of other um, more ancient traditions or or you know civilizations, but they really were into putting Venus right there with Aphrodite. And I'm like, no, I want to separate them because right. there was a difference. One yeah. became more state orientated of the republic. Right. As all Roman gods, as all Roman gods and goddesses were, or one that was yes a step down from the forces of nature, mm-hmm. a little more. Um, controlled and rationalized, because mm-hmm. they were really into intellect. The Greeks yeah. were very much oh, into yeah. that. And, you know, so platonic love, but then you couldn't get away from the fact that the body mm-hmm. wanted and needed and desired this. So they kind of had a way to, to do that, but then it all changed when they threw it into Venus. Yeah. And, and, of course, now it's just kind of like thrown together in like a stew, and it's not really. Yeah. yeah. So, but... I uh, I have all the you know like you know all the Venus statues and all the Venus things that they did and then I'm like okay I don't want to know that I'm trying for Aphrodite <laughs> right right but um yeah and
2: I th- I think for the for those two goddesses the crossover is uh, smoother yes than with some of the other gods that they try to go oh this is the same as this like yeah. Venus Aphrodite combo is a little bit more, uh, I don't know, it feels easier for some reason. Uh-huh. It feels like it makes more sense. Well, it's sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I mean, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. and it it tends to flow that way. Right. Um, and actually, it became, again, more structured into uh, the priestesses were taught I have to say this. It's not really because they said it anywhere, but when I finished reading all this, I felt this was a school for high-priced call girls. Right. Because they were taught how to be with the 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 higher
2: right echelon. Okay, so I'm going to put it to you this way. Have you watched Firefly? Yes. This is like Enara. Okay. <laughs> See, there
1: are times when I do actually have a crossover into other other things, you know. But um, <laughs> oh well, yeah. So, but yeah, that it was really interesting because I kind of went, "Hmm, this is kind of over here," and right. and stuff. And everybody kind of accepted this as part of what they did. Yeah. So, but um, well, I happen to like Aphrodite. I guess it's because it's
2: more, uh, it's a raw or a feeling. Sure. So, sure. I actually work with Aphrodite a lot. Funnily enough, when I do love work, I work with Aphrodite a lot because I feel as a as an, uh, an impartial goddess in the situation I'm bringing to her. Uh-huh. Um, you know, assuming she doesn't fall in love with anybody involved in the situation, she will kind of just tell you like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. My favorite story actually is there the god. Uh, Eris, the god of, uh, goddess of chaos, mm-hmm. throws an apple into a room, and in the room are Aphrodite, Hera, and Athena. And he says, "This on the on the apple is tend to note. This is this is for the most beautiful of all the gods." So of course the three of them are like, "Oh well, that that was meant for me. Mm-hmm. that was that's a gift for me." And so the three of them begin to fight, and they can't make any decisions. So they go to Paris, the prince of the Trojan. Mm-hmm. And they ask Paris to decide and he's like, "Oh, I don't I don't really want to be in this here." And Athena offers him, you know, b- skill ba- in battle and to and to be successful and Hera offers him all of these things of of riches and all of this and Aphrodite says, "Well, I can get you the most beautiful woman in the world." And he chooses Aphrodite. And that's when she gets Helen of Sparta and the Trojan War. Blah 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 blah.
1: Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to at least throw that yeah.
2: one out. You yeah. know, as far as the story of of where Aphrodite kind of comes in. Right. So. Right. And the whole time, Aphrodite stayed loyal to Paris, to the, mm-hmm. the prince of the Trojans, mm-hmm. where Hera and Athena joined the other side. Right. Yeah. That's you know.
1: Yep. And on that, I think we can now come <laughs> to the point. We've we've given all the stories and touched on as many as we yes. could think of that were you know publishable. Yeah.
2: And as Elvira mentioned, next week is a show all about love magic, so mm-hmm, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and next week we'll be doing the show not together. So no, I'll, I'll be away, so we'll be doing the show from remoting, is how they put it in yeah. in terms of what that'll we do. That'll be great. I'll have just gotten a fresh tattoo, so I'll be uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: well, today was my day with my knee, so you will have your yeah, tattoo. I'd rather have a tattoo than f up my knee. I totally would, you know, go with yeah. that too. Yeah. Anyway. Considering. But I feel we have, you know, given forth yeah. as much as we can. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you, and have a wonderful week. And we will chat with you next week. Yep.